The title of what I'm sharing this morning is The Fruit of the Spirit. If you're making notes, you may want to jot that down, The Fruit of the Spirit. Now, this is part two, and uh, I shared part one with you previously. Please turn in your Bible so long to Galatians chapter five, verse 22 to 26. We'll get there in a moment's time. But uh, just by way of introduction, before we get into reading the passage, uh, I asked this question last time, and I'd like to ask it again. The question is this, have you ever taken time to carefully reflect on the fruit of the Spirit? Have you ever taken time to appreciate the loveliness of each fruit of the Spirit? Because I sense that we may, at least in part, have lost a sense of wonder regarding this passage. And we read the list of the fruit of the Spirit and it's just like that, it's a list. Da, 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 go through it. But I pray today we ask the Lord to deepen our appreciation for this passage and may fresh wonder and appreciation arise. So we pray, Holy Spirit, let your word come alive to us today. Let the word of God come alive. Galatians 5, verse 22 to 26 says the following. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The last verse, verse 26, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. The Lord bless the reading of his holy word, amen. Now, we are taking our time to look at each fruit. We are not rushing, but rather giving careful consideration. So, how many fruit of the Spirit are there? In total, there are nine fruit of the Spirit. And last time we looked at the first three, love, joy, and peace. And if you missed that, you can go to our website, chooselifechurch.com, and you can listen to the MP3, the audio of that sermon there. And today we're gonna look at the next three, patience, kindness, goodness, those three. Won't you say those three words with me? Patience, kindness, goodness. One more time, patience, kindness, goodness. That is what we're focusing on, and I have three points to share with you on, on those three. The first two I'm going to spend more time on. The last one is a brief point. So, point number one of the three points. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of patience within us. Let that just sink in. The Holy Spirit produces that fruit of patience within us. Now, before we get into some of the details of patience, I wanna recap something that I said last time, which I feel is important to understand and to reiterate. 
You see, in Galatians 5, Paul, the apostle who is writing, he contrasts the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. It's quite a dramatic contrast because in the preceding verses, Paul is listing 17 works of the flesh. And there are some heavy things that he lists there, which include things like sexual immorality, idolatry, witchcraft. Would you agree that's pretty heavy? Hatred, revelries, outbursts of wrath, etc. And so he's talking about all these works in the flesh. And then thankfully, he moves on to describe the pure and the wholesome fruit of the Spirit, which is such a wonderful contrast of things that are pure and lovely, the fruit of the Spirit, the things that should be evident in the lives of children of God. But it's interesting that Paul also differentiates between works. Notice that word, works and fruit. Works of the flesh and fruit of the Spirit. You know, works and fruit, it's kind of like comparing a factory versus a garden. In a factory, there's a lot of human effort and all sorts of things and systems and machines. There's work. But in a garden, things grow because of other principles that are at work. You see, works are produced by human energy. But fruit is produced simply by a branch staying connected to its source. That's how fruit is produced. You see, if you imagine a pear tree for a moment, a branch of a pear tree doesn't have to strive and strain to push out its fruit. No, it's not like that. It simply stays connected to the stem or to the trunk of the tree and fruit begins to come. And that speaks of our relationship and staying connected with the Lord. It says in John 15 verse five, Jesus speaking, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. I wanna tell you the reality is that if you will stay connected to God, your life is guaranteed to produce fruit. Guaranteed. If you will keep your heart and you'll walk close to the Lord, you will produce fruit. Now, Galatians 5 verse 22, back to the focus on patience, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is patience. Now, the New King James Version uses the word long-suffering. It's not a word that's very sort of well used in today's world. Long-suffering. The NIV translation says forbearance. The message translation refers to patience as a willingness to stick with things. But what is it in terms of a real biblical definition? What is biblical patience? Well, I looked this up and, and it took a little bit of effort and so on to, to get to the kernel of it. And I'm gonna use this. Biblical patience, what is it? It is longanimity. Now, you've probably never heard that word before, but longanimity means bearing trials patiently. Huh. Bearing trials patiently. And also, biblical patience is forbearance. That word is used. And it is long-suffering. 
The Amplified Bible has a very interesting take on things. It describes patience as not the ability to wait, but how we act when we are waiting. And if I was to try to put this all very simply, I would say, simply put, biblical patience is enduring trials with a good attitude, because that's what patience is. <laughs> enduring trials with a good attitude. Now, imagine the Department of Home Affairs, you have to go make a visit to the Department of Home Affairs. Now, maybe in other countries that are listening to us, that's a breeze for you, but in South Africa, that can be quite a trial, okay? <laughs> and you stand in the queue, and the system is not so, you know, smooth and well-oiled, and there's crowding and lots of people and so on, and here you're applying for your new identity document. But I ask you this question, how do you act in that situation? Because it is a bit of a trial. It could take two hours, three hours. There could be frustrations. You could be sent from this queue to that queue. And how do you act in that trial? And I wanna believe, I wanna say to you that I believe that we need to act with a good attitude. If you have the fruit of patience, long-suffering, you need to, in those situations, act with a good attitude because you're a child of God, because you're an ambassador of the King. And so I wanna say to you, you cannot flip your top, lose your cool, that's not okay, it's not acceptable. Because God says, there's fruit that I'm wanting to release in your life. And one of them is the fruit of patience, which essentially is enduring trials with a good attitude. And I believe that patience, as it is found in Galatians 5, is probably best translated with this word, long-suffering. Would you please say that word, long-suffering? I remember Dr. Miles Monroe, who was a friend of our family. He went to be with the Lord a few years ago. But I remember him saying, the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering, not forever suffering. I thought, wow, I've never heard that before. The fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering, not forever suffering. And he told this to our family. This was about five years after my dad had passed away, and we were enduring deep trials in the church that my dad had pastored for uh, close to 35 years. But we were, by God's grace and by the work of the Spirit, we were able to, I believe, keep a good attitude in that time. What is it called? It's called long-suffering. But at the same time, Dr. Miles Monroe was saying to us that the time of suffering is coming to an end because long suffering is not forever suffering, praise the Lord, amen? Praise the Lord. Now, as I looked into the significance of this fruit of patience, I discovered two main elements. The first element is patience in bearing with people who annoy or irritate us. That's why earlier on in the passage it says, let us not become conceited provoking one another. <laughs> so the first aspect is patience in bearing with people who annoy or irritate us. I love the fact that the word of God is very practical. And the second aspect of patience is patience in enduring the troubles and difficulties in life that we may face. But it's enduring it without complaining and grumbling with a good attitude. Regarding that first aspect, patience in bearing with people who annoy us, 
It says in Ephesians 4 verse 2, bearing with one another in love. There's that word, bearing, it's like forbearance. Bearing with one another in love. Now, this is important, folks, because God calls us to patiently put up with people who even annoy us. <laughs> God calls us to patiently put up with each other. We need to tolerate each other's faults. People should not have to be perfect to be around you. Maybe you work in a large corporate environment and you often go into the cafeteria for lunchtime and you will intentionally avoid anybody who slightly irritates you. You won't let them sit in your group with other staff and colleagues. Well, actually, that's not okay because we need to be people that demonstrate the fruit of patience even when people are annoying us. You don't have to sit with them every lunch break, but you shouldn't be mean to them and exclude people because you annoy me because we have a fruit called patience that is evident. And you say, well, why should I have to tolerate other people's faults? I wanna tell you why. Because God has been tolerating your faults for yonks, for ages. He's been tolerating that, and we should act in, life, in like kind. And if he hadn't been tolerating our faults, we would have been consumed long ago. Let me ask you this, do you have a family member that you find difficult to get along with? <laughs> Everybody say, this pastor's preaching to me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> difficult to put up with. Well, it not, might not be easy, but I wanna say this to you. You can push through, you certainly can. You see, you don't need to make excuses to avoid the Christmas lunch because I can't handle that person. No, with forbearance, with long-suffering, with patience, you can actually endure and you can handle that person. You can put up with them and you can let your fruit grow and keep developing. Can I get an amen? I'm not sure if there's too many amens, but yeah, amen on this one. But the second aspect relating to patience is patience in enduring the troubles of life. There's a beautiful scripture in the New Living Translation. It's Hebrews 10, verse 36 to 37. It says, patient endurance. What are we talking about? The fruit of patience. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised for in just a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. You know what? Sometimes life can be really hard and the things that we are facing can feel overwhelming, but the Holy Spirit helps us. Do you realize he works within your life to produce patient endurance? That's why some of the things you've been able to go through already are astounding, but it's not because of your goodness or ability, it's because of God's goodness and ability within you. And so realize this, the suffering that we may experience in this life, folks, it will not last forever. I want to encourage you to keep on holding on, to keep your patient endurance, don't give up. On to point number two. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of kindness within us. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of kindness within us. And it says in Galatians 5 verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. So this is fruit number five out of nine fruits. Kindness, the message translation refers to it as a sense of compassion in the heart. 
The Passion Translation says, kindness in action. It seems to be when you talk about kindness, there also needs to be action. But if you actually look at the definition of kindness, this is the definition. It is the quality of being considerate and generous in spirit. It's lovely, hey? Kindness is the quality of being considerate and generous in spirit. Can you think of a situation where you experienced great kindness? I wonder if you can think of a situation like that. You know, when I was thinking about an example for this to share today, uh, I'll never forget the kindness that was shown to my middle brother, Peter, a whole bunch of years ago, one Christmas Eve. He was traveling down to the coast, an 11-hour trip traveling down from Pretoria to East London. And uh, it was a Christmas Eve, it was late at night, and his car broke down just below the Pennock Pass as he had come down the escarpment there. And here he was sitting, it was probably about 10 o'clock at night, he had several hours of journey ahead of him, and his car broke down because his tire gave a problem, I don't know, it was a blowout or something like that. And there he sat, in the middle of nowhere, pitch dark, and now what's he going to do? Well, a few minutes later, a gentleman arrived all on, on his own in the car. He stopped and he offered to help my brother Peter because Peter had looked and the spare wheel was not functioning either. <laughs> That's when you got a double whammy, eh? And so he realized he was really stuck. The spare wasn't gonna help. And so this gentleman stopped and said, well, can I help you? And Peter said, please, I'm in trouble here. And so this man put Peter in his car and the spare wheel and traveled 70 kilometers to the next town, which is Queenstown. 70 kilometers, late at night. Now, this is Christmas Eve. Then he brings Peter into the home. They give him something to eat. They give him coffee. The man starts fixing his tire, and just the, the family is there, and they're just showing so much kindness to Peter, and eventually, one of the family members walks in with a Christmas present and gives him a Christmas present of all things. And then the tire's fixed, and they're back in the car, 70 kilometers back to where the car was left. They changed the tire, and then this man traveled behind him for those 70 Ks back to Queenstown, and then my brother could continue the trip. Isn't that astounding? What is that? That is kindness. That is the quality of being considerate and generous in spirit. Listen to the statement. Kindness takes the initiative in responding to other people's needs. Now, can I ask you, I want to ask you, during this period of lockdown, have you reached out to somebody else in need? If you have, well done. I really trust that so many people can say, yes, yes, because it is a kindness of heart that will cause you to reach out to other people in need and realize, don't stop helping and being kind to other people because at this time with this pandemic, there are so many in desperate need of help. Let the church arise with kindness like we've never seen before, amen. But may I tell you something, and it's this. Jesus is the kindest person you will ever meet. I wanna say that again. Jesus is the kindest person that you will ever meet. Listen to the scripture, Isaiah 54 verse eight. It says, with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you. 
says the Lord, your Redeemer. What a kind and gracious God we serve. It says in Titus 3, verse 4 to 5, it says, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, he saved us. What appeared? It was kindness and it was love and then salvation flowed. And I think that it's so wonderful how God's kindness was demonstrated in his giving and how he gave of himself. Another scripture, Luke 6 verse 35, the second part, it says, he, this is God, is kind to the unthankful and evil. Imagine that. <laughs> it's amazing to think that he is kind to wicked people and unthankful people. Sometimes we think, well, I'm not gonna do that for that person again. They didn't say thank you. Well, you know what? If you wanna be like God, you're gonna even be kind to people who are unthankful. But here is a crystal clear instruction from the word of God, which if you think, well, does the word actually say we must be kind? I know there's this fruit, but must we be kind? It says in Ephesians 4 verse 32, it says, and be kind to one another. There it is. God is telling me, God is telling you today, sir, ma'am, he's telling us, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. And so folks, it's not within our fleshly nature to be kind, but it is certainly in our new spiritual nature to be kind, because in that new spiritual nature, the Holy Spirit empowers us to be kind. Isn't that wonderful? And I just wanna say this just to recap on something else that I mentioned last time because you might be sitting here today or listening today and you say, well, I wanna see more fruit, John. I wanna see more fruit in my life. How do I do it? And I wanna tell you, essentially, there are two things to see more fruit in your life. The first thing is relational closeness with God. And the second is clothing yourself with good fruit. Because when Paul introduced this idea of fruit in Galatians 5, it was filled with tremendous meaning because fruit speaks of something growing without effort. But further on elsewhere in scripture, Paul said the following, he told us that we should put on good fruit. In, in Colossians 3 verse 12, it says, put on. Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Other translations don't say put on, they say clothe yourselves. Well, that is basically the same thing. And so here, the same apostle that is writing the scripture in Galatians 5 is telling people to clothe themselves. And so, as I said last time, which is it? Do we, um, do we in terms of this, is it spontaneous fruit or do we clothe ourselves? And I wanna to say to you, it is both, definitely. Because the spontaneous fruit comes from closeness with God. God is working, and at the same time, we are working. I am choosing to be patient. I am choosing to be faithful. It is a choice that I'm making. And so I wanna to say to you, if you wanna see more fruit in your life, come close to God but also clothe yourself. Now, just back to this kindness aspect. In terms of kindness, it is probably best illustrated by the little children that were coming to Jesus. And it says in Mark 10, verse 13 to 14, they brought the little children to him that he might 
touch them. That's all the parents who wanted him to do. Because remember, in Jesus was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. They were seeing God in the flesh. It was so beautiful to be around Jesus that the parents were just wanting to send their kids. Just, just put your hand on them, Jesus. Just touch them. Just give them a special blessing. But the disciples didn't want that. It says, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Basically, the disciples were being rude. And Jesus, because of his kindness, he said, let the children come to me. Because once again, Jesus Christ is the kindest person you will ever meet. And we worship you, God, for your kindness. And let us be kind just like him. The last point, which I said is a brief one, number three. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of goodness within us. We were first looking at patience, then kindness, now it is goodness. In Galatians 5 verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. What is goodness? It is virtue. It is the quality of being good. And goodness is moral excellence. And I discovered, as I was preparing to minister the word today, I discovered that goodness is manifested in two ways. Firstly, by having a good heart, which is a heart that is purified by God, a heart that desires to abstain from every appearance of evil. So firstly, goodness is manifested in a good heart through the work of God in our heart. But secondly, goodness is manifested in doing good to others. In other words, reaching out to do good, showing kindness. It's about action. And so I wanna say that you cannot be a good person and then just decide, well, I'm gonna keep it all to myself because with goodness comes an attitude of releasing that goodness to other people. And there's a beautiful scripture in Matthew 12, verse 35. It says, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> Why can he bring forth treasures? Because he's a good man. He's got a good heart. And out of that heart, he brings forth good treasures. I wanna end off by referring to one example. One of the best known examples in all of scripture of a person demonstrating goodness is the good Samaritan. Do you remember that story? And so the good Samaritan, he is traveling along and, and uh because he was a good man, he acted in a certain way. He saw this man that had been beaten up by robbers and was left for dead next to the road. He was moved with compassion and then he went to this man. He's not even supposed to mix with this man. Firstly, he starts attending to his wounds and dressing his wounds. Then he puts him on his donkey and he takes him into the nearest inn. And firstly, this man, the Good Samaritan, he himself cares for this man throughout the night. And then the next day, he gives money to the innkeeper and he says, will you please carry on caring for this man? I wanna tell you, that is goodness personified. 
But may I remind you that goodness is a fruit of the Spirit, and we are empowered to manifest goodness. We are not trying to do something in our own strength, but God empowers you to manifest goodness. And so I trust that you've received the word today as we have focused on three fruit of the Spirit. Firstly, patience or long-suffering. Secondly, kindness. And thirdly, goodness. Let us pray. Dear Father, thank you for this time around your word. We thank you that your word speaks beautifully. Now we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would work these things into our hearts in a deeper way, that there would be a newfound longing to be Christ-like in demonstrating the fruit of patience, the fruit of kindness, and the fruit of goodness. And I thank you, Lord, that we do not do this in our own strength, but that you help us. You come alongside us, Lord. You empower us to operate in this way. But we also make a quality decision today that we choose to clothe ourselves. We choose to walk in this good fruit. And we pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. And we all say, amen, God bless you.